I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all brought to you by BetMGM's Gil Alexander. Kelly Bidlin is here, producer number nine. So much more than a producer. Um, we get tweets. We have a pro tip to get to, too. We get tweets, though, still coming in on the Thanksgiving stuff. First of all, Logic3227, what's going on with the Megapod this week? Good question. Uh, beating the book of Megapod a day early this week. Tomorrow we will record it after a numbers game. Special guest with Jeff Parles, Todd Wishnev, and I. Vegas runner. Ace! Upon whose shoulders that show was built. Nice. He's joining us for his annual appearance on the show. Uh, Stephen Vegas, only thing that can go in stuffing without ruining it, sausage. I wouldn't mind sausage in the stuffing. That's another one I would try. Nick Lambert, here's the real question. Green bean casserole, thumbs up or thumbs down? Meh. Down. Lone scum. <laughs> I, was, I once was on a crew filming in a butterball turkey processing plant. Never bought one since. Over the levee. It's stuffing if it's uh, stuffed inside the turkey. It's dressing when it never touches the inside or the turkey. Dressing's more popular in the South, and it's by far the star of the show. He's right about that. That's a regional thing. Yes, Isaiah gave me a lecture. Dressing is all about the South. Kenny G, morning, Gil and Kelly. In our house, we start with a nice lasagna, then the turkey with stuffing. Have a great Thanksgiving. Wow, lasagna first. Wow, that's aggressive. I'm coming over to your house. John John Balduzzi. This legitimately was from a 30-second exchange we had at the beginning of the show. Yeah, you hate Turkey, and therefore America, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That part after the therefore is very odd. Came up with that. John Balduzzi went to my kid's class to read a book for his birthday. Happy birthday, your child. A Thanksgiving conversation ensued. I asked the kids about raisins and stuffing, their scientific and analytical response. Ew. Yeah, yeah. Nothing changes. Nothing changes when you know twenty years from those uh, when those kids grow up. Still gross. Corbin, I think the best part of guessing lines with Kelly is him breaking down the lines, giving reasoning for the picks, and Gil looking like a dad seeing his son ride a bike for the first time, giving me big proud dad vibes on the show. It's very true. And then uh, this is from Dukes in the PNW. Like you guys, I always get confused by these college names such as Incarnate Word and Oral Roberts. Uh, but Incarnate has some ballers as their quarterback, Cam Ward. Yes, transferred to Wazoo and brought along uh, the O.C. to Pullman, the offensive coordinator. Coog's money line in the Apple Cup, he says, as well. Obviously, right. I knew that already. All right. You don't, you don't need to tell me that. Uh, we have a pro tip for the hour. We missed one last hour. The pro tip of the hour last hour is if you believe the NFL playoff picture to be as clear as I do, maybe you do, maybe you don't, 
If you do, that should inform your bets in the weeks to come, specifically in the yes-no playoff markets. Some opportunities to be had. Giants, no, perhaps, in plus money still. Commanders, yes, in plus money, perhaps. It's your pro tip of the hour. Searchable on VEASAN.com. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show, so that means at least 20 every day. They're all available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com, where you can sort them by sport and by show. Let's talk a little college basketball. He's one of the three-man crew, uh, three-man weave crew. He's the one that uh, went to Mizzou. I think he's the only one of the three that went to Mizzou. It's Jim Root, everybody. How you doing, Jim? I'm great. Uh, actually, Kai went there, too. So there, there oh. are two Mizzou guys, and then Matt's an IU Indiana grad. I see. Do you look down on him? Do you uh, haze him about yeah, that? Yeah, constantly. Constantly, yeah, Constantly. and he pretends to be a Duke fan. It's it's disgusting. I'm surprised <laughs> you, didn't, you guys didn't uh, didn't split Mizzou Arkansas into the guest alliance because I'm coming on, but that's okay. I'll get over it. You, uh, what do you think about that game? <laughs> what do you think about it? You got a shot. Uh, got a shot. Needed for a bowl eligibility, but I, I, I'm, I'm not betting it. That's that's what I'll say. Let me ask you about something. So college basketball, you know, betting college football, betting the NFL all weekend long, but then Sunday night. Gonzaga was taken on Kentucky, sort of like under the radar. Hey, this is also happening kind of thing. Gonzaga was coming off just a beatdown at the hands of Texas. Texas rolled them. And so I came on here the next morning. I'm like, well, just your friendly reminder that Gonzaga might, you know, be the same thing that we always thought they were is they, they feast on West Coast Conference competition. And then when it comes down to it, uh, they lose in the end, which is kind of unfair because they've gotten a two championship game. So I get it. On the other hand, it was just something I wanted to, to point out. Then they go and they play Kentucky. And the thought here was, okay, let's see how they react. And then from a betting standpoint, it was like, okay, the number's 155 and a half. And what we were thinking was, and to give all credit to Todd Wishnam on this, that number might not be high enough. And sure enough, it wasn't in the end. And that's with Kentucky shooting like four for 22 at one point, 25% in the first half, and it still got over. And I guess it's multiple questions. One, where do you stand on Gonzaga? And are they a kind of overish team at this point? I'm, I'm still fairly high on Gonzaga. It, for them, I think this year's version, it's a lot more about their dance partner and who they're playing. Um, when they play a team like Texas that slows it down, forces them to execute in the half court, they're not quite there yet. They don't have the point guard that creates in the ball screens that they had last year with Andrew Nemhard. But against Kentucky, a team that's really willing to run, then I think they are formidable, as we saw in that game. And also, like you're alluding to, an over team because they want to get up and down. They want to pinball. They want to get early shots to where the, the possessions are quick and they can kind of overwhelm teams with their amount of offensive weaponry. But if they have to slog it out a little bit more, like they kind of had to do on the carrier against Michigan state as well, they're not quite the same team yet. And so they don't have maybe a, as high a floor as last year where they were awesome all the time with home grid swatting shots this year. There's a little more erratic variance to their outcomes. I think it's more about who they're playing you want to get a team that will run with them. That's when you want to bet Gonzaga in the Inter- over. Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. Um, do you agree that Houston ought to be the short shot right now to win the whole thing this year? I do. Uh, I had them number one coming into the year. There's just not a lot of weaknesses. I, I think if there is one, we saw it a little bit against Oregon where their bigs are like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, Houston's are. They're, they're not that tall. And so if they go against length like Oregon had, then they struggle to finish inside Fortunately, their defense is so good and they knocked down shots. They were able to cover on the road anyways, uh, but it is something I'm keeping an eye on as we go into uh, maybe some of league play and then into the postseason against the cream of the crop competition. That that could be a, a small flaw, but they're still the best team for me. 
Okay. Uh, before we get into your picks for today, Kelly, mark it down on your uh, on your bingo card right here. Pepperdine reference coming. Pepperdine takes on UCLA tomorrow. We don't have a line yet. I don't believe we do. Day before. Uh, eve of Thanksgiving. What's the number where you're going to throw your entire bank account onto Pepperdine for this? Let's see. I'll, I'll pull up exactly what I would make it right now. But, uh, assuming full health for both teams, I'd have UCLA about a 17-point favorite at home. 17. So you give me, give me yeah. that. Yeah, you give me you give me over that, somewhere up close to 20. That talent on Pepperdine is ridiculous. The kind of team that plays up to competition, I think. And so you yes. put them in a in a poly pavilion with UCLA where they're they're seeing the bright lights. Like I think those guys can play up and and compete with UCLA, who is of course coming off two losses in Vegas. Didn't they play I'm just I'm just curious, didn't they play Gonzaga well last year? I'm just sort of trying to off memory. I want to say they I, did. I, I know think in one of the Yeah. In one of the games. One uh, of the games. because they're a team that will run, and so last year I think one of the times they got run out. I'm looking up at the results last year. Yeah, well, first matchup they had a 90 possession game. Yeah, but they lost 117 to 83. Uh, so that's that's what can happen. But I, I think this year they're a little more mature. They're all sophomores. Uh, I think they're going to be a little more competitive this time around. And by sophomores, he's mean uh, he means three really good guards who were all conference last year. Okay, uh, I will be making that. I will be very much looking forward to see what that number is tomorrow in that one. What do you got today? Uh, today, I'm going to. Uh, I'm not quite extra board yet. I'll give you one Maui game I'm very into, and this one has flipped. Uh, Six fifty-seven on the board. Creighton. They were a two-point dog. Now they're minus one and a half, minus two. I still like them. I, I think they're. Somebody that coming into the year, I was a little lower than uh, consensus rankings. Like people had them top five. I wasn't quite there, but computer systems had them 25 to 30. And I thought that was too low. So they're a little more undervalued per betting markets compared to human rankings. Now they're taking on an Arkansas team that hasn't looked that sharp yet. And they don't have Nick Smith Jr. Who is the you know top three pick. He's still dealing with a knee injury. We don't know what his deal is. I think Creighton's a little closer to a finished product right now. I like them. Uh, as a little short favorite there in Maui, Arkansas just crushed Louisville. Is that what is that what I uh, is that what I just saw? Arkansas just yeah, destroying them. Yeah, it took them a while, and everyone should crush Louisville. This everyone year. should so crush not, Louisville. Not super that, not super impressive. Okay, um, I, I got I got a second one for you. Please, if you want. yes, absolutely. Yep. All right, uh, six six seven on the board. Uh, Northwestern taking on Liberty. I'm taking the Flames plus three here as a dog. I, I think they're the type of team that can really compete. With uh, power conference competition, they slow games down, they try to shorten it and take a bunch of threes, a lot of variance in their outcomes because of that. Um, and that's good against Northwestern, who is one of the least talented power conference teams. That might be kind of harsh, but I have them ranked fairly lowly. They've got a couple solid guards, but they're lacking in the paint. They're not going to punish Liberty with size. I think the Flames are an equal to Northwestern here. So on a neutral floor, I make this a pick. I'll take the three points and, and cheer for the Flames here. We have a third to round it out. Oh, of course. I'll reach down into the extra board for you. <laughs> sure. Why wouldn't I? Please. Three Oh six, five, seven, eight on the betting board. UTEP. They're laying points here. Minus five and a half. Alcorn has been really, really feisty this year. So they've taken money. Uh, this one is anti-market. I'll, I'll be very transparent about that. But I think this UTEP team is really, really solid. They changed out about 11 scholarship players this off season, really dipped into the portal this team fits what Joe Golding wants to do. Uh, for those who remember Joe Golding back at Abilene Christian, they knocked off Texas as a 14 seed. Uh, I think this year's team is a lot more capable of playing that style. They're really frenetic defensively with pressure. 
and uh, they, they have a little bit more of uh, scoring juice offensively this year, too. So UTEP laying about five and a half. I think that's a good bet there. All right, in 20 seconds, let's do a little, uh, since you got into uh, Mizzou, let's do a little college entrance, entrance exam format. Gill is to Pepperdine as Jim Root is to, what's the school that you're way high on above the market? Um, it's probably Cal State Northridge this year. We're going to stay out in the L.A. area with you, uh, with Pepperdine. Nice. Uh, it, and this has been anti-market, too, every time the uh, opponent gets bet. But I've been betting the Matadors, and they've been covering. Cal State Northridge. You like that, Kelly? Do I do. We gotta like the Cal State Northridge Long Beach. If you're going after one of those schools, love it. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, Gil. Jim Root, everybody, at Second Chance Points with the number two in Second Chance Points, and at 3MW underscore CBB for Three Man Weave. We'll come back. Pete Futak and I on college football. Let the fireworks begin next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. You don't have to wait until after Turkey Day to score a Black Friday deal with VSEN. New VSEN Pro annual subscribers get a $30 credit to the VSEN store. With VEASAN Pro Access, you get a daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Deep dive daily betting reports. Plus our upcoming college bowl and Super Bowl betting guides. The VEASAN Store, a great place to shop for VEASAN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, it's a limited time Black Friday offer. No sign up now for the, or go sign up now, I should say. At the perfect sports betting holiday gift, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's where you'll find it. Kelly, you have a life plan for us? Yeah, new life plan for us. What's I was that? researching this while you were talking to Jim. Mm-hmm. All right, Pepperdine has a screen arts major, okay, talking mm-hmm. about TV and radio. Sure. You and I move out to Malibu, split a bachelor pad out in Malibu, and then we're teachers there while we do a numbers game every morning. From, from Malibu. Malibu. Yes. Done. Figured it all out. Finally going to go to school at Pepperdine. There it is. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> Every time you, if, if you're ever on the Pacific Coast Highway, you just and you just go by Pepper. You're like, why didn't I go to school you, you here? You drive by and you're like, why? This looks amazing. This, this is, is glorious. How, first what of all, lucky I, human beings get to go to school here, dude? Who am I kidding? I would fit. I would flunk out the first semester. 
Yeah. I would just not pay attention. I mean, I almost did that at Florida State. That's what I mean. I almost did it in in the northeast part of this country, right? So why would I not do that there? It's beautiful. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, we almost came to uh, fisticuffs last week when we talked college football. Let's see if that happens today. It's Pete Futak from College Football News. How you doing, Peter? With me? What did, what did I? How did I make, make a Gil Alexander angry? You're going to go teach a Pepperdine now. What, what's wrong with your world? <laughs> That's right. It's a good point. Everything's roses now. So let me ask you this. So last week I said to you, and by the way, the fourth of the six college football rankings shows tonight. Only yep. the sixth one matters. But the fourth one is tonight. And last week on the show I said to you, I was like, okay, w- work with me here. Uh, last week I said if TCU loses a regular season game, almost did. Almost did. Got there, though, against Baylor last week with the uh, last-second scramble field goal. But I said if TCU loses a regular season game but wins the Big 12 championship and three other things happen, Michigan loses to Ohio State, USC loses at some point, and uh, the third one was, what was the third one? Oh, that, that LSU does not win the SEC. Okay. If those three, three things happen, shouldn't TCU make the playoff anyway? And, you know, you got all, you know, big five snobby with me, and that was the whole thing. And so I just want to sort of update that. Didn't this I week. say yes? I don't know if you did or not. I'm just messing with you. I would have said you. yes. Okay. okay. Now you say yes. But in, I'm going to step it up now here this week. What if TCU actually doesn't win the Big 12 championship? Let's say they win this week against Iowa State. They're almost a double-digit favorite. And then they lose the Big 12 championship to Kansas State. But now with Tennessee out of the picture, the same three things. USC loses either to Notre Dame or in the Pac-12 championship. Michigan loses to Ohio State, let's say. And LSU does not win the SEC championship, right? Or they lose this week. Either one of those two things. At that point, shouldn't TCU still make the Final Four? TCU being knocked out. I'm sorry, Tennessee being knocked out, I think, is probably the key to this. And I'm trying to recall our argument, but uh, I would have probably said that, yeah, it would have been a fight between Tennessee and TCU to get in. Uh, but again, until the power, until the college football playoff committee decides that it doesn't take 12 and one power five conference champs, then. It, it, but again, but in your scenario, you're saying like, let's say they, they, they beat Iowa State and they lose the Big 12 championship. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. And so, okay. and so Ohio State and Georgia end up on undefeated, right? Let, let's say Clemson gets in as a one-loss one. ACC champ. And USC's who, knocked out. And USC and LSU and Michigan will have lost. If that really would then ostensibly then, come down. Else. That would come down to a TCU versus Michigan debate, right? And doesn't oh, TCU win that? Oh, easily. Yeah. That, Thank you. That, that scenario, there's no question. Because okay. Michigan, Michigan doesn't have any wins. I mean, you look at their non-conference schedule. I always, I always preach that you're crazy if you're a Power Five conference team and you play a schedule that's not UConn. Was it Hawaii and Colorado State? But this is where it comes back to bite them because in the flip scenario, where I still don't think Ohio State, I think Ohio State has to win no matter what. But even if Ohio State loses, for example, it can have the argument: Hey, we beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame trucked Clemson. Maybe in that sort of a scenario, the committee decides: You know what? Ohio State's still better. Uh, but in your scenario, yeah, because there's nobody else. Because again, until the the committee decides it against going against twelve and one Power Five conference champions, it's only happened once. And as I keep preaching, as 2018, it's because there were three other options and Notre Dame went 12 and 0 they're going to take the 12 one power five conference champ so TCU is included in this mix absolutely at this point because again Tennessee getting knocked out really helps everyone uh, in the pecking order of things the SEC champion is, is the first in the pecking order big 10 uh, champions the uh, second in this current pecking order and if USC wins 
out in its 12-1 Pac-12 championship. No way, no how, no chance it's left out uh, of the college football All playoff. Right. And then it comes down to the Clemson versus TCU debate in your scenario. Let's talk about the Heisman. People are betting on the Heisman. Caleb Williams right now, 3,480 yards passing, 33 touchdowns, three picks, 316 rushing yards, seven touchdowns on the ground. He, by stats, ought at this moment to win the Heisman, if the Heisman was being voted on right at this moment. Uh, C.J. Stroud, behind him in yards by about 500 yards passing, but still 35 touchdowns, four picks, only 77 rushing yards, no touchdowns. So not really a ground uh, number there for him either way. Max Duggan, 28-58, 26 touchdowns, three picks, five touchdowns on the ground, 291 rushing yards. If USC loses, and let's say Ohio State loses to Michigan, Corum is hurt. We'll see what he can do. Uh, obviously, now we have the horrible injury to Hendon Hooker uh, with the ACL. What a, what a way for Tennessee to finish their season. Yeah. I mean, who's who wins the Heisman if USC loses and Ohio State loses? Do they still give it to one of those two guys? Reggie Bush? I mean, <laughs> at that point. Reggie Bush. Here, you've lost well, something, Reggie. Exactly. Well, at, this, at that point, it's not a crazy scenario. So uh, so let's talk about this, like, who are you betting on for the future? So it, it is down to Williams and Stroud because it does come down to who comes through in the biggest moments. And at the very least, they both have their shot. Because remember, it's not about what we think. It's about not about who the best player really is. It's about who comes through when everyone's watching and is like, yeah, that's kind of the guy. And Caleb Williams, for the first time, everyone's up. Now, for stats-wise, it's a little bit unfair, mainly because Ohio State was blowing away so many teams that they didn't have to come back like USC always had to do because the defense was so bad. And you had the wind game against uh, Northwestern when it was 50-mile-an-hour winds, and I think Ohio State threw for 50 yards. Uh, but Stroud ran well in that game and carried them in that. But that doesn't matter. It really comes down to, okay, Caleb Williams, does he rock against Notre Dame when everyone's watching? Does he rock in the Pac-12 championship when everyone's watching? If so, he's right there. If uh, C.J. Stroud throws for five touchdown passes and 400 yards against Michigan, he's right there. But in your scenario, if it's not those two, all right, because does is America know who Max Duggan is? That's kind of the problem because this is a beauty contest. He, he at least gets invited to New York at that oh, point, right? Yeah, at that yeah. point, definitely. Like, I mean, undefeated, all these other guys. He's yeah, invited to New York at that point. Like, there's nobody else. <laughs> this, is, this becomes the worst Heisman race ever. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm because, getting at. It's kind of a free for all in that scenario. Let me, let me get to some games because we have tons of games to get to here. Let's start with the Egg Bowl uh, tomorrow. Excuse me, on Thursday, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Um, what do you got in this ball game? My favorite, one of my favorite picks of the week. It's going to be close. It might even be the three if it's a two and a half, if that's where you're seeing it. Uh, but Ole Miss just at home has the style, has the ability, has the running game. And Mississippi State's just sort of struggling a little bit, way too inconsistent moving the ball. Everything points to Ole Miss in this. All right. Um, this one's for Kelly. What about Florida and Florida State? Florida State, who, by the way, Dr. Bob again earlier, uh, or I should say a week ago, came on this show. He said it has him as the sixth-ranked team in all of college football based on his metrics. Florida State, nine-and-a-half-point favorites. They're good. They're not the sixth-best team in the country. But I, you know what? Right. Here's where this gets funky is that rivalry games always become weird. Florida gets off that Vanderbilt loss, so everyone's going to say, oh, well, they stink and they're bad. Florida's got a lot more talent in certain areas. They don't have a defense that can stop anybody on third downs. It's going to be a shootout. Love the over. 
And just Florida, just because that's a lot of points to be given away to a Gator team that's got a, a good quarterback that could make this a wild and crazy game. So Florida State is good, uh, but that's a lot of points to be given away to the Gators. All right, rapid fire, Pedro. Michigan, Ohio Go. State. Ohio State. Just, laying the seven and a half. You're laying the yeah, points. Yeah, this is the game that they've been waiting for for all year. When they get something in their brain, then this is where it all kicks in. Don't worry about the Maryland game of last week. Uh, skill positions are a problem for both teams. Uh, but C.J. Stroud's going to outplay J.J. McCarthy, get just Ohio State. By the way, the home cooking calls at the end of that Michigan-Illinois game were, sh- were shameful. That was <laughs> shameful, dude. Uh, there, there was some bad stuff happening in that game all the way around. But, yeah, that's, I, Illinois was my pick to win outright last week. So Iron uh, Bowl. At least he covered. Iron Bowl, Auburn, Al- Alabama. Alabama favored by 21 and a half. Alabama, uh, big game. You know, they're just gonna, this is going to be their Super Bowl for them. They're going to try, and then everyone's going to leave and go to the NFL draft. So Auburn in this. Or, I'm sorry, Alabama <laughs> in this. Alabama. How about L- with implications? LSU, Texas A&M. LSU favored by, what is it, eight and a half? What are we showing now? Yeah, Nine and a half I, you road. know what? Real quick, I'll stay, stay away as much as possible because this is Texas, a- Texas A&M's bowl game. This is everything. They got nothing else after this. I think they played this thing tough, and I think they cover the spread against LSU, but they're going to pick Texas A&M every game this year, and they've always screwed me over. Notre Dame, USC. USC, get on my party bus. I've been going on since April. They're going to the college football playoff. Lane the five and a half. Boy, Pete, you love you love the you are a power five snob to the hilt. I will tell they're, you, that. Notre Dame's not a little. No, legend. I know, it's but good. I'm just saying they're, you're they're also a, you're also a favorite. You're like you're you're that on top of your layers on top of power five. Power five favorite plus win. the favorites. Yes. This week, yeah. This week, I am the part the favorite. Part of your guy. charm, Pedro. Except Florida, Florida State. Got to run. Pete Futak, F-I-U-T-A-K, College Football News. We'll come back. I got a rant next. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make, uh, before you make your next bet, that is, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. Splitting bets. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. So you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, yet another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin live from the South Pole Hotel Casino, tip of the strip. That's how Michael Gaughan uh, meant to pronounce it back in the day. Tip of the strip meaning if you go past Mandalay Bay due south. About five miles. Eh, you know, like, you know. 17 drivers. Yeah, you could You'll get, get there. Hit the Smiths, the grocery store on the way down here if you need to. Maybe stop by the outlet malls. The boot barn. The boot barn. Yeah. Boot barn's on the way. Get ready for the rodeo coming to town. Sure. And then and then you hit the South Point. You're, You're ready, ready for, to go. You ready for bets giving? Well, I'm ready. Let me let me tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you missed this. Um, this is the second time we have done an internal betting contest here at Vison. We did one this summer and uh, the boys that follow the money, uh, Mitch and Paul, they won snake in a baseball bet in on the last uh, day to win that one. They got themselves a trophy. Now we're doing a five-day thing, the winner of which will get a belt, a championship belt sanctioned by not only the WBC, but also by the WBA and the IBF, all three sanctioning bodies. Um, no trophy. The belt. Can we show that belt, by the way, again? This is a handsome-looking belt. Look at that wow. thing. The betting champion of bets giving, which is not only the champion of bets giving, but is crowned the greatest bettors who've ever walked the face of the earth, I believe. It's like Wyatt Tomchek's salary in there. It's real gold. <laughs> Follow the money. It has been installed by Circa as the short shot at 7-1. to one. We're uh, the second short shot at plus 950. And I'm told there are other people on this list that are very angry about where no, they've been No, not at all. Everybody took it very cool, calm, collected. 
and said, hey, this is for fun, Gil. Let's not overreact. <laughs> That's not what I heard. <laughs> By the way, uh, this is uh, all lines on, from DraftKings, all bets uh, based on a hypothetical $100. It's a five-day thing. Starting on Thursday, betting any of the three NFL games, then Friday, USA, England, any available market that we want to bet there. Over corner kicks. Kelly making executive decisions again. <laughs> Saturday, any of the three rivalry games that were identified, Michigan-Ohio State, Alabama-Auburn, USC-Notre Dame, then Sunday, uh, three NFL bets, one side, one total, one money line. And then it wraps up Monday night with the Indianapolis-Pittsburgh game, one side and one prop. After all that, we'll see who the champ is. You know, there's a couple ways we could play this, Gil. How that is. We could play college football based off of my guessing lines, and then that's really extra embarrassment if they lose. Let's not do that. Not a good idea? You don't I'm, like I'm that? I'm trying to win this. Try to win it? <laughs> yeah, but if we win it that way, it really rubs it in. It's like when we talk about it, I'm like, I'm trying to win this. And then before when people remind me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. We got to do this. Uh, no, we're excited How are we going to share custody of the belt? We really got to talk that. Because we'll, we'll, I we'll, need it for Saturday nights. All your Saturday nights. <laughs> You're going to walk around town with nothing, it? Nothing, nothing attracts the ladies <laughs> like having a Betsgiving championship. Ladies, belt. if you met my friend Kelly Bidler, <laughs> champion of Betsgiving. What's Bet's giving? Oh, let me sit down and relax. Let, let me tell, tell you a story. You a story. <laughs> Just pull him in. Uh, so we're looking forward to that Thursday through Monday throughout the network. Some uh, folks taking it very seriously and very angry with their, I don't know, let's specifically say 15 to 1 odds. <laughs> Just to make it specific. It is. It's a rigid, rigid structure of games and picks that we have to yes. do each day. So Listen. it's not it's not going into everybody's expertise. Let me, let me just tell you what happened the first time around. First time around, like I, it was baseball. It was all baseball, mm. if, if I recall. Was it all baseball? Yeah, yes, it was yeah. all baseball. It, no, I didn't care, right? First day, second day. Th- by the end of it, I'm like, oh, I'm winning this thing. Because you were in it. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, I'm winning this thing. Didn't it work out, but you know what I mean. Oh, I would assume yeah, yeah, it's it's look. We're, if you're if we're if we're taking it for this is a belt fun, on the line. This is a fun inner inner yeah. uh, network competition. Then you kind of you kind of shouldn't care that much of the first couple days. But if you're live at the end, oh, yeah. it gets real. All right. Uh, let me make a. I wanted to make this point yesterday, but we did guessing lines yesterday, so we talk only about pro football. But it's worth, I think, if you're if you're going to pay attention to anything on this show today, this is sort of. And if you're new to the show or new to the network, this is something we try to bring up or I try to bring up through the years on a numbers game, um, which is to say that betting and sports betting specifically, there's so many ways to skin the cat. And so if you're new to this racket, as uh, VR likes to say, or newish to it, it's worth a reminder every once, once in a while that that is really the case. And so what you will get with sports betting, and specifically with sports betting media often is, uh, you will get one person or one group's view of how the world works in sports betting. And what we've tried to sort of thrust thrust here on this show through the years is let's be humble in that viewpoint of things. So in other words, you have the most uh, numbers-driven people on one side of the spectrum, on one end of the spectrum in terms of how they bet sports. I believe that if you don't have any numbers working for you in sports betting, you're probably doing it suboptimally. So, you know, you take all, I'll use my buddy Rufus, Rufus Peabody. Everything is done by metrics. It has served him very well. He's one of the most successful sports bettors of this generation. On the opposite side of the spectrum, it's smoke and mirrors. People have their own, hey, if you come out of the mountain time zone and you play, uh, you know, in the Pacific time zone on a Thursday night, this is what happens. There's a whole spectrum in between. And if I've learned anything through the years of sports betting, um, 
You shouldn't be completely just staunch in your belief that your way is the only way. And within that, a cousin of that is there are so many different ways to make money in sports betting. So um, in tennis, for instance, I do everything based on data. That's one sport. That's how I attack that specific sport. Works for me very well in that sport. Um, But in other sort of endeavors, like the NFL draft, we talked with Crack about this uh, in other in another realm the other the other week as well. Information is what will win you sports bets. The point is, is you have to be nimble. Um, you have to be able to recognize when opportunities present themselves. Some things are going to be data driven pre flop. Other things are going to be information driven. Another thing, and this is what I really wanted to get to, is you really have to be aware and present for really exploitive in-game lines or or in-game numbers that you can exploit. Let's call them in this particular case, um, we'll call it algorithmic exploitation to give it a fancy name. And what I'm referring to is, let's go to the South Carolina game this past weekend. South Carolina against Tennessee. Tennessee was a 22.5 point pre-flop favorite in that game. It was very apparent from the beginning that South Carolina could move the ball at will on Tennessee. Spencer Rattler was having the game of his life. And they went out, South Carolina did, to a 14 to nothing lead. Now, I didn't jump in at that point because I was doing something. I wasn't completely present where I was like, hey, let me jump in on a bet here. But when they went up 21 to 7, I was. And I thought to myself at that moment, let me jump in and bet South Carolina with a two-touchdown lead. I wonder what this number will be. And for a moment, I forgot that the preflop was 22 and a half. So I'm thinking in my head, this is what it ought to be. Then I see that at that point, South Carolina is still a five-and-a-half-point dog, and they're still getting north of $2 on the money line up to touchdowns. We're still in the first half. And then you quickly remember, oh, yeah, because the preflop was 22-and-a-half. So the, everything in-game is derivative. Everything is based on the algorithm, derivative from the preflop. Sec- second quarter we were into? I believe it was second quarter. So 21-7, okay. to seven, I grabbed South Carolina at plus 215. Certainly not the only one who did this. Then I grabbed them plus 203, still up 21 to 7 when, when uh, Tennessee had fourth and goal at the South Carolina three yard line, figuring there was a one play 50 50 thing, whether they converted there or not. By the way, they did hooker to Tillman to cut it 21 to 14. South Carolina went back up 28 to 14. I bet South Carolina again plus 162. Then when Tennessee was held to a field goal 28 to 17. Then I bet South Carolina on the uh, on this game spread plus three and a half. And then, by the way, I had to go do something with my life, which, by the way, I regret because I probably would have kept betting South Carolina. The point is, of all of this, as sports bettors, what we do here and what all sports betting media does is because we're on the air for two hours static every day. So by nature of the construct of this content, we have to talk about pre-flop numbers on any varying sport. Typically, we're not watching Mexico play Poland and giving thoughts on, 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 on a game like this, because it's not really going on usually doing the show. By the way, I have no thoughts on Mexico-Poland, in case you were wondering, nil-nil. But that's just the point I want to get across, is a friendly reminder, which I think is worthwhile, that we, that we do this every once in a while, to say that there are so many ways to skin this cat. And so the construct of ATS preflop sports betting, if you only did that, you're probably not going to be a winning sports better. Only the very elite are going to be able to win that way. And I mean a very small sliver. The more nimble you are, the more you are able to exploit and recognize, recognize in-game opportunities, be present for them, exploit those, 
exploit information-based handicapping, the better off you will be in this long term. Just a friendly reminder. Just want to spend five minutes saying that because that was such a stark example of that in that yeah. Tennessee-South Carolina game where you were like, whoa, 22.5-point dog, up two touchdowns, moving at will? Are you kidding me? Keep betting. I think there's a couple other things to keep in mind, especially if we're talking algorithm-based live betting, right? Hendon Hooker leaves that game at the end. Now, not a, maybe not the best example of when to jump in on a bet, but a lot of times these algorithms are not taking into account injuries that happen in the process of a game. Those are usually more the books that are doing live betting by person. So that is something to keep in mind, too. If you see an injury early in a game, oftentimes that number won't properly adjust to what the injury is. That's an opportunity to jump in live on the other side. Yeah, and I wish we were on air at every moment of every game where we could talk about it while it's happening. It's just not the nature, obviously, of this. But uh, South Carolina, 63, Tennessee, 38. Might it have lost and not worked out? Sure. But the more you put yourself in those positions, the better off you'll be. Coming back, JVT on the NBA next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashing the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM rewards sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Gil Alexander. Kelly Bidlin is here as well. Uh, we welcome in Jonathan Von Tobel, ladies and gentlemen, and also the not only the senior NBA analyst, I should say, here at VEASAN, but also the host of Hardwood Handicappers podcast, wherever uh, podcasts are available and distributed, wherever you get your podcast from, with special co-host Kelly Bidlin once a week. Jonathan Von Tobel, everybody. How you doing, JVT? 
Good morning, guys. Just watching some soccer, or as the world calls it, football, uh, right? Mexico, Poland. So uh, it's a good morning so far. All right. Do you have a bet on this? Uh, no, just a rooting interest. Uh, my wife and her family are from the country of Mexico. My grandmother as well. So just, you know, rooting for Mexico and seeing, uh, hopefully, that they can at least get a win here and get some three points. All right. How do you feel about your uh, shot in uh, bets giving, John? Are you looking forward to that? Uh, apparently, I am like third in the odds. Yeah, uh, eleven to one. Shots. With, Respect with, in the with market. Uh, yeah, I was very, I was very humbled by that. I was, I was very surprised. Uh, yeah, I think this is fun. I like these sort of things. Uh, if I were to, uh, you know, uh, John Goulet will love this. I would love to be able to bet more. <laughs> like, right, if we were behind or something like that, and put a little bit more gamesmanship into it. But I do like, as you know, a media kind of deal. Bringing the whole network together and getting us involved in something like this, I do think is a lot of fun. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to pushing the rules as much as I can, much like Matt Humans <laughs> and I tried to do last time we did this. Oh, yeah. What was the, yeah, before we get to your NBA thoughts, what were the shenanigans you pulled last time or you guys tried to? So it, or the last bet, we were down, and the last bet was a prop. So we bet a prop, but it was a series prop. It was right. like the, there was that Blue Jays Royal series where I think it was like every Royal was like on the COVID list. So we bet the we bet the Blue Jays to win the series in like like four nothing. It was like a four game set. But, but the, like yeah, a series the, prop. The point was that it would be it would only be graded like four days <laughs> right. after the after the contest. Right, right, right. Oh man, shenanigans! <laughs> Looking forward to that. Uh, JBT, who is who, who is the market? What team is the market? sort of chronically over or undervaluing as you see it on a nightly basis in the NBA? Uh, So let's see. You know, it's great. We actually have things we can track this. So if you want a team that is being chronically overvalued, the uh, Golden State Warriors are failing to cover by about 6.4 points uh, per game at this point. That is the worst in the NBA season so far by a mile. Uh, The second worst team are the Minnesota Timberwolves at 4.8 points uh, per game being failing to cover those numbers. So, you know, Gil, it's Golden State. And and you kind of get it, right? Like, I mean, when you watch this team, especially some of these home performances, you're like, hey, you know, you see these glimpses. This team kind of still has it with their starting lineup. And last night, kind of an aberration because, of course, they – they go rest everybody and they're 11 point underdogs. But I just think when you look at golden state, like it is hard to, for lack of a better term, quit a team like that because you do see at moments that this team does have something, but on the road, it's weird, man, right? The, the Houston Rockets, the other night, you barely beat them by three. Uh, they only have what their one win on the road so far. This has kind of been that team, but that has been a team that you point at specifically uh, that has been very overvalued by the betting market because they're the Warriors and the market just doesn't want to quit them. So, so is the takeaway there proceed with caution because they did have the flare up, right? Where clay clay specifically had the flare up with 41. Um, and you just, you're, you're reticent to go against them though. Aren't you like, you don't want to get in front of that either. Oh, of course. Well, because here's the thing too, Gil, because you talk about like a flare up, like one of the things that has been shocking their, their offense has been fine. It's their defense. Like their, their defense has not been good. If we're looking at it right now from a, a league standpoint uh, right now, in terms of defensive efficiency, they're 23rd in non-garbage time. They are second to last in opponent free throw rate. Uh, they are fouling like crazy. Those are not characteristics of a Warriors team that we know under Steve Kerr. And so I think that's why you're sitting there going, I don't know, because this is a team that's been together, right? And they could kind of get it together at any moment. We call it flipping the switch. Uh, but I, I think that is why, like, you're right. Like, I would just tread with caution. Maybe you want to look at them in home spots. But again, that's factored into the number. So you're not really getting much value there. I would say, yes, it's either tread with caution. You don't want to necessarily go against them in every spot because this is a team that will figure it out at any given night. 
Uh, but I just think that this is one where you're kind of scratching them off relatively early until you see a real market adjustment, right? Unless they're taking on Houston and they're only like six and a half point favorites on the road. And that's about they actually closed 10 the other night until you see something like that. I think you just got to stay away. Let me, let me ask it a different way. Besides the Celtics and bucks who are 13 and four and 12 and four respectively, who do you trust in the NBA right now? Huh. Uh, okay, I got a weird answer here, and because they're starting to get a little bit different, and trust is not it. Because I mean, trust, you got to earn trust. Um, but I will say, the last two weeks, the fourth best team in terms of at least cover per game. They're five and two. They're covering games by about eight point two points per game. Uh, the Gil, the Los Angeles Clippers are starting to kind of round to form here a little bit. They are the second best defensive team in the NBA, uh, and they are getting closer and closer to the best team, and that would be the Milwaukee Bucks. And if you just for opponent, uh, it is the Clippers who are the best defensive team in the NBA. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is finally back, although then, of course, they lose Paul George. Uh, but last night, you know, their offense against a lesser defensive opponent in the Utah Jazz, they score 121 points, have an offensive rating of over 1.2. They win and they cover despite the market moving against them. Trust is pretty strong, right, because trust obviously would imply that you're you know consistently playing on them. But in the month of November, they have been very, very, very good, and they're starting to look like the team we expected them to be before the season started. I would definitely put the Clippers at the top of that list. All right, who did you bet? Only four games tonight. Who did you bet so far? So there's a lot of injuries and everything. I didn't bet from a side perspective, but I went to a player prop. Let's go to Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Uh, we talk about like kind of quietly rounding into form. I hate to say it, it's Ben Simmons. Uh, oh, ben Simmons we went there. Wow. Yep. The ben, ben Simmons, Simmons. revenge game. Well, I don't know about the revenge game because, right, nobody's playing for the Philadelphia right. 76ers. But if you guys look, the last three games, right, for, for points, rebounds, and assists, he's averaging pretty much 30 at this point right now. He has scored in double digits in three straight games. And his last two in terms of points, rebounds, and assists, well, I think it's about 35 or so for each of those games. Simmons is starting to look more comfortable. And the best part is, guys, his fouls are down. He's starting to defend a little bit better. He's not fouling out of games, so he's playing 32, 35 minutes per game. Uh, you could still get points, rebounds, and assists at about 21 and a half, which is a relatively no, a low number for a guy like him who can surpass those numbers. I think Ben Simmons, this is just one of those things where I, I kind of want to get in before the market adjusts. I think Simmons is starting to look more comfortable, and I think that maybe this is against a lesser opponent where there's no real stop perform either, that this is one of those where we're going to get in on a low number and bet that over because he is starting to play some pretty good basketball for Brooklyn. All right, which begs the question then, now that uh, Kyrie is back and he's agreed to uh... – Light yep. the candles every Friday night and go to Shul. That's a joke for a certain segment of the audience. Uh, what do you think about them long term? Like, I mean, what what is your, where do you land on them at this point? It's the never ending soap opera. I mean, what do you really think they're capable of? I mean, I think they're capable of a top six seed in the, in the Eastern Conference. I, I don't think that I'm I'm not sure if I'm going there for for a title thing, but there there are things I think you do like about them, right? Jacques Vaughn, I think, is a really good head coach. I think you have seen them steadily improve since he has taken over as head coach from Steve Nash, right? They're winning games, they're above five hundred, they're covering numbers, you know, talking again about from a market standpoint. Four and two in their last six games, covering by an average margin of 3.7 points per game. So they're actually taking care of betters at the windows as well lately. They're getting a little bit better defensively. And now with Kyrie Irving back, and if this is real with Ben Simmons, well, now all of a sudden you look at the Brooklyn Nets, it's like, that's a competent top six team in the Eastern Conference. You're never going to trust them, right, to go back to your original right. question about the team you trust. But, like, if if these things are true, right, if Ben Simmons is starting to become old Ben Simmons to a certain extent, if Kyrie Irving – is just kind of quiet, I guess we'll use, for lack of a better term, and just plays basketball moving forward. Kevin Durant's an MVP candidate very quietly. They're solidly a top-six seed in the Eastern Conference. I don't think there's any doubt about that if they keep it together. I, I just keep coming back to when you look at the, you know what's going on, we're, we're only about, what, 20% of the way into the season. 
But there are some teams, like the Sixers, I get it, they've had injuries too. They're 500. Um, you know, obviously the Lakers sub-500, but we're seeing a, a light from Anthony Davis now. The Warriors, who we already talked about. There's a lot of middling teams, um, the Nets being one of them. But also, you know, teams like the Heat, the Bulls, I'm not sure where you st- where you landed on them before the season. I know you were high on the Timberwolves. They're hovering around 500. So I guess of all of that middling group t- right now through 20% of the season, which is the one that you're, like, truly worried about? Uh, I think so. If we're talking about that, I think it's Miami, like Miami. And look, they're super injured. Uh, you talked about like where you, you didn't know where I was preseason. I have an under on their win total. I bet the Hawks to win that division. Uh, I think this is like, look, look, Jimmy Butler's missed time. Tyler Hero's missed time. Bam Adebayo's missed time. But even when those guys were out there, Gil, they were a lesser offensive team. Their bench is extremely thin. Uh, when you're talking about worried, I, I think Miami is going to be floating in that six range, maybe fighting for a play in spot. This team is super thin. And even when they're fully healthy, there's not a lot of depth there. I, I think that's the team you're looking at that's respected by the market, by the way, and they're the worst cover team in the NBA, at least from an ATS standpoint. That's one I think that you're circling and going, I don't think this is getting much better for that team. John, we appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Good luck at Betsgiving, but not too much good luck. You know what I mean? <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, and you too. JVT, at me, JVT, everybody, uh, host of Hardwood Handicappers. You're the host of that too, Kelly, sometimes, huh? That's right. In the late week edition, which there will not be one this week because of Thanksgiving. Uh, your pro tip of the hour, just pregame betting limits your ways to win. Only pregame betting limits your ways to win. Make sure to look at different in-game opportunities and always think about different ways to attack certain side totals, props, how it might be best to bet. you got to be nimble as a better. Information-based bets, in-game, it's your pro tip for the hour. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show, so that means at least 20 every day. All available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com, where you can sort them by sport and by show. Lombardi Line next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the sports betting network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.